Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out wrightfarmhousechurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. We are doing a series uh, in, uh, in uh, First and Second Samuel. We're in Second Samuel now. We're actually in, cha- in, in part 20. This is part 20. I'm pulling an Alan Wright here. Uh, well, not nearly as many, but... Uh, as dad can do. In fact, because I'm covering three chapters today, I'm really going the opposite direction. I'm going to do three chapters in 15 minutes, hopefully. Um, and, and the challenge right here, as we've gone, we've learned a lot of really good lessons, right? As we've gone along, I think, I mean, I hope you have. <laughs> I have. I've, I've learned a lot of good lessons in the study. And the challenge right now is we're getting towards um, towards the end of, of the story, and it's it's a little bit of a of a, it's it's um, challenging to to teach encouraging lessons <laughs> in this part of the story. But I'm going to do my best because there are lessons that we have to learn. And the lessons that 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 the author seems to be focused on in this portion of the story are that there are consequences to our sin. All of all of the Christians' sins have been forgiven by God, but they still carry consequences in this life. Um, and it's sobering, I think, to realize that God's forgiveness, it reconciles us with God, but it does not erase or eliminate the consequences for the sins that we've committed. Um, and Paul tells, Paul tells the Galatians in, in chapter 6 and verse 7, he says that a man reaps what he sows. And so I often wonder if Paul was thinking back to some of these stories in First and Second Samuel that he knew very well. So sin will take you where you don't want to go, and, and it will keep you longer than you want to stay, and, and it will cost you more than you want to pay in the end. Sin comes to us in the form of a promise. It, it says that life will be better. Uh, that life will be more enjoyable, right? That life will be more secure. That life will be happier. That relationships will be better. It always comes to us in the form of of a promise that life will be better if we do what what we want to do instead of living under the authority of God. But it never lives up to its promise, ever. Sin always destroys. Sin always leads to pain and misery, and sin's consequences are not erased by God forgiving us. Um, if, if I wrong someone, I can apologize to them, and I can ask for their forgiveness, and they can forgive me, but they're going to still wonder whether I'm trustworthy, possibly for the rest of my life. Quick story. In college, first week of college at Harding where I met Colleen, I ran into an eventual roommate who we were just best friends and just awesome friends. You know, I, I thought lifelong friends and I won't go into any details about the story, but um, oh, a few years later, he deeply betrayed me and involved one of my family members and it involved theft. And so um, 15 years after the fact, we hadn't talked and it was because it was so hurtful what he had done. But I got to thinking about him and I, I thought, I think he needs to know that I've forgiven him. 
So I, I found him somehow, I don't know, social media or something. I found him and I called him and he was like, <laughs> kind of shocked that I would call him 15 years later. And I said, Hey man, I just want you to know, I want to make sure that you understand. I don't, if I ever did something to you, I hope you've forgiven me, but I needed you to know that I've forgiven you. I hope that, I hope that you know that and, and that we're fine. And we had a great conversation and it was really good. So even though I've forgiven him, if he were to come to church today, I'm not going to lie. I would wonder if I should keep an eye on him because of the theft he committed 20 something years ago. So I've forgiven him, but the consequence is still there, right? The, the, the result is still there. And unfortunately, I don't know if I could ever trust him again because of that and what he had done. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? We've heard that saying. Our amazing Savior, Jesus Christ, has completely erased and forgiven our sins. And that's good news, right? But sin has terrible earthly consequences, and we're going to see that play out in the life uh, of David. We, we saw David's sin uh, involving Bathsheba in chapter 11, and David confesses his sin when Nathan confronts him. But by the, chapter, by the time chapter 13 ends... Uriah has been murdered, Bathsheba's child dies, Amnon violates his half-sister, and Absalom murders Amnon uh, in an act of revenge. David's whole family begins to fall apart very quickly because of this sin. The result of Absalom killing Amnon is that Absalom flees Jerusalem and he goes into exile for three years. And David's military, if you've read the chapters, I'm sorry if some of you, I, I text out to some of you to read these three chapters, so there's there's a lot going on in these stories. But uh, David's military commander, Joab, he coaxes David to bring Absalom back. And he does it in a really weird, very strange story how he does it, if, if you've read it. But he coaxes David to bring Absalom back to Jerusalem. And this this father and son, they are eventually, they are eventually reconciled. But then... In chapter 15, Absalom conspires to overthrow his father, um, uh, King David. Is, he's the King David, but he wants to be king, right? And, and as the conspiracy it gains this momentum, it gets to a point where David's life really is now threatened. Um, so David has to flee Jerusalem, and David is now, he is now the one in exile um, because of his sin. Ultimately, and there's a theme that runs throughout the Bible um, that what happens is that we end up, people end up in exile because of our sin. Um, that's one of the consequences that sin brings to our life. Uh, remember back to the Garden of Eden, uh, when Adam and Eve, they are living in perfect harmony with each other. Um, but also they're living with God and, and it says that God walked with them in, in, the, in the cool of the day. Um, but after sin enters into the world, not only is their relationship with each other ruptured, but so is, is their relationship with God. And God exiles them from the garden. That's one of the consequences of sin in, in our life. And we see it repeated in the nation of Israel when they, when they sinned against God and he sends, he, God sends them into exile, first into Assyria, and then the southern kingdom is exiled into Babylon. And now David is exiled, 
And in this story, he is exiled and kicked out of his family, pretty much. He's, he's kicked out of his own family. It's crazy. He's, he's on the run for his life, uh, all because of his sin. So, so with his dad, the king, king gone, Absalom, he wants to assert his own authority in some way to show that he is now the king uh, and, and that he is in charge. And, and his counselors and his advisors, they say the way to do this is to sleep with David's concubines. So Absalom puts up a tent on the top of the palace in front of all of Israel, and he does just that. But in the midst of all this crazy, weird royal drama that's going on, we need to make sure that we don't miss the point. This this whole mess, this whole mess is the result of David's sin with Bathsheba. The whole thing started there. When Nathan the prophet confronted David all the way back in chapter 12, Nathan rebuked David and, and he told him that this, what we're reading now, is would be the consequence of his sin. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, here in verse 11, it says, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. Nathan, the prophet Nathan, he draws a line between David's sin with Bathsheba and the way that his family is disintegrating. The way his kingdom is falling apart. This is the line he's drawing. Nathan says, yes, God has forgiven you. But all the consequences of this sin remaining in your life, it has a devastating impact on people. So what can we learn from this in these three chapters? What can we learn from the sobering truth here. Uh, I think the one thing that we can learn is that sin might seem fun and exciting on the front end, but on the back end, it is filled with pain and misery. Uh, it might seem enjoyable, but it's all for a fleeting moment. Sin looks so enticing and appealing, but it always ends in devastation and it ends in heartache and pain and in, in hurt and in the loss of trust like I talked about in that story, the loss of respect. Secondly, I think sin always has consequences. In this, in this situation, it's, it's in, in David's story, it's pain in David's family. It's, it's his son violating Tamar. It's his brother killing, it's, it's his son, the brothers killing brothers. Uh, sin always has consequences. It always leaves people hurt. It leaves people not trusting you. It leaves people in resentment. It leaves people in unjust circumstances, as we've talked about in the past. Thirdly here, uh, sin always affects other people. We talked about it in the in, last week, in the last lesson, that our culture tells us that if we sin, it just kind of affects me. It affects me. So I'm the only one making decisions for myself, and they don't affect others. But that is patently false. And we learn that here in this story. David's sin had an impact far greater than just himself being affected. Other people were sucked in to, so, that, so that they had to reap the consequences of the sin that David had committed. And I don't think it should take very long for us to identify this story in our life or maybe in the lives of those close to us in our families. Um, decisions made that were thought to only affect that individual uh, had enormous consequences 
for other people too. Decisions that affected the children and affected the next generation of children and so forth. Decisions that affected the entire network, the the entire extended family in small ways and big ways, right? Our sin causes ripples. Like in a in a lake, if you throw a rock in a lake, you guys are real good at skipping rocks, those ripples. Causes ripples that that go out and it, it doesn't just affect us. So so many other people that that we care about and love are affected too. And these are, I think they're, like I said, these are a sobering few chapters. They're not fun chapters, but they're vital to understand the point that this story takes the gloss off of sin. And it makes me come face to face with the reality of sin. Paul said here in Romans 6 verse 1, he said, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. I think he could have followed that with, haven't you read the story of what sin did to David's family? You know, stop looking to it as a way to increase grace. We're beginning, I think here, we're, I'm thinking maybe three more lessons in the series. We're beginning to close it down. And like I said, it kind of ends in a tumultuous way. But it's, it, it's important to see how David, he remained with God to the end, even after his decisions have many great impacts on himself and, and, and on his family. There are important lessons to learn as we, as we close out the series, even if they're not the most fun lessons. So this week, let's have our prayer be that God give us the discernment to stay away from sin and to give us a better understanding of how our decisions affect those around us and not just us. But to end, let's make sure that we turn our focus on Jesus to end this lesson. I'm going to read to you the words from a hymn that we're going to sing, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. We need to be reminded that sin has consequences, as we've learned, but also we should be amazed that those same sins as Christians have been wiped clean. Um, and, and, and because as, as we realize that more, we, we should get to the point where we want to sin less in the end. I'll read this to you. You can read along with me, and we'll sing it. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my part, all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.